The SWP is brought to you by Popeye Supplements Ottawa, Jim K. Ford, and All Insurance Ontario. Trucks and minivans cost less to insure than small cars. You get a better deal on home insurance if you have good credit. The biggest insurance brokers are owned by insurance companies. I'm Josh. Make sure you choose a broker who has your best interest in mind. All Insurance Ontario is independent, family-owned, and has your back. Text me at 613-860-6008 to get on our team. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Well, it's 2021, and that means Jim K. Ford is now beginning its 40th year helping people with their automotive needs. I think that kind of longevity says a lot. You don't last in business this long without building trust and connections, treating people right, turning first-timers into repeat customers who are happy to spread the word about the great service they always get at Jim K. Ford. Hey, your next vehicle awaits at JimKFord.com. I think we'd all like to look and feel better in 2021. Well, Popeye Supplements is the home of your New Year's resolution solution. Right now, it's their New Year New You event. Amazing deals like six pounds of PVL whey protein for only $44.99. Popeye's value size of veggie greens and phytoberry are $54.99. Popeye's remains open with strict in-store guidelines, plus curbside and online shopping as well. Check out your nearest location at PopeyesCanada.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the SWP. It's episode 440, the podcast that goes off every weekday. Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. I'm in Ottawa, Jimmy's in Edmonton, and we're talking sports and whatever. And after a very, very, very weird offseason, the NHL is back tonight as we're recording this. For hockey fans across the continent, Jimmy, it's going to make for a fantastic distraction from the virus how are you doing today yeah i'm okay man yeah i'm okay yeah we talked about it yesterday hockey cranking up uh i guess the unique thing will be uh the back-to-back games of course the canadian division uh the guarantee that one of those canadian teams is going to make it to at least the semifinals. uh i was i was kind of tepid about it yesterday going i don't know that sounds uh, that sounds like a free pass you know sort of thing but but i woke up this morning when i'm thinking about hockey starting uh, yeah that's good that's good you know well, it, might be a free, it might be a free pass if all the canadian teams were terrible but i think there's a good chunk of canadian teams that are very good so yeah a canadian team is an automatic for the conference final for sure but it's not like it's a lesser division that gives them a free pass it's still going right. to be well earned uh even though we're kind of putting in framing it in those terms like hey a canadian team is guaranteed a spot it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard right uh, Darren Pang yesterday, we had him on the suspendables uh, with me and Rusty. Uh, you're a big part of that as well. And he talked about the sins at the end of the show. So I don't know. I was telling you to clip it if you wanted to and, and use it. But yeah, let's clip uh, it and play it right here then. Oh, there we go. Here is Darren go. Pang, uh, former Ottawa 67s goalie, longtime St. Louis Blues analyst. And of course, always keeping an eye on the Ottawa Senators. Here's what Panger had to say on the suspendables about the Ottawa Senators fundraisers for Crohn's and colitis uh, in Ottawa and right. we did a martini madness virtual uh, martini madness and uh, because of Andy Scott who's uh, one of the great agents in the game they were able to secure Tim Stutzla he came on the show no, uh, Brady Kachuk no. yeah Brady Kachuk came on the show as well and uh, so and Mark Mathot who's a that's a good Ottawa boy right there so uh, I like him I follow Ottawa a lot especially with Brady Kachuk I play I play some golf with Brady in the offseason Yep. And uh, he's here. I think he's a gamer. Rusty, you'd love this guy. I knew them when they were really young. I met them in the summer at Cam Neely's golf tournament. They're just little kids running around. And if they're anything like their dad, 
or uh, they're going to be just great. Uh, I mean, they're, I'll tell you what, they're already they're leaders, great. Bud. Yeah, they're already great players, but it's nice to hear that they're leaders because and, not everyone is, you know, not everybody's a leader. No, right? they've been, they've been brought up in this game the correct way. Like they, yeah. like, you know, like we were out in Calgary a couple of years ago and we, you know, Walt, Walt's one of our amateur scouts, big Walt, big Keith Kachuk. And so he was with us and, you know, he was there with Matthew and, and uh, Walt set it up that the, the broadcasters and the trainers meet up at uh, Joey Tomatoes. And, you know, he told, told Matthew, Matthew, come on out and, and meet up with the guys. And then he, he stood up kind of and said, Hey, Matthew, like, this is, this is what it's all about. You know, take care of these guys. And, you know, you see, you see that natural progression, like what Walt did with trainers, what the older guys, how they treated trainers. And then they get the next generation to, to treat them the right way. Give them bonus money at whatever. These guys don't make a lot of money. All those little things, these Kachuk boys, they just know what to do and how to yeah. get it done. So I'm a huge fan of Ottawa. I think they've got some great prospects. I think they drafted well. Um, I, I think I think they're up and coming. There's no question about that for me. And I, I, I like their coach. I'll be honest. I, I really like their coach. I thought that was a really good pickup. Really? I think he's, okay. uh, yeah. he's got them in the right direction. Yeah, I do. You were ready for that, Stevie. Oh, boy. Boom shakalaka. Um, so there he is. Darren Pang. Is there a nicer guy in hockey in media than Darren Pang? No. There you go. No. Yeah. I, I, well, Gordy, Gordy Wilson, right? Woody is right up there. Uh, cause there's, you know, we, we had him on a few shows ago on, on the SWP and he, and he's great, but Darren, I, I met him years and years ago. He's an Ottawa guy, right? He, he's, he, I think he went to bell high school. Uh, and I know him and I know his sister. Uh, well, we work with his brother too, Mike at, uh, at Bell Media. Yeah, great guy, great guy. Uh, Darren's just wonderful. You know, I invite you to listen to the show. Uh, so well-spoken. Um, and he's a great analyst. You know, I, I pick up his games every once in a while during, a, during the season, uh, you know, pre-COVID anyway, I did. And, uh, you know, he's a goaltender, as everybody knows. And uh, he, you know, was, he had a great, great amateur career you know, as a junior and a midget and, uh, you know, he, he stuck it out tons of injuries that he had, uh, that moved him up and down from the minors. And then, uh, you know, then he just couldn't hack it anymore. So he went to Chicago, I think in 84 played till about 90 and that was the end. Uh, but he, he went on to this unbelievable broadcasting career and what, what I really like about him, uh, and I'm comparing him to a couple other guys who I didn't like goaltenders who were analysts mm -hmm. on hockey broadcast is a lot of them uh the the, the goaltenders um uh, thinking thinking glenn healy uh who, who's the other guy steve who was around for so long and maybe still does we got and, uh, goalies who are analysts greg millen millen weeks yeah. yeah so millen and and uh healy i used to uh think they Goalies never did anything wrong when they when they <laughs> were breaking down games and, and goals. Oh, Millen was Peng, a big time apologist. He would always he would never say that was that was terrible. That was a bad right. goal. He would always just say, "Oh, he'd like to have that one back." That would be the most dramatically critical thing that Greg Millen would right. go at at a goalie. There's many things that make Darren Pang great, but one of them is he he often points out what the goalie did wrong. You know, it's it's not uncommon for him to go. Uh, bad move there, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't have done the butterfly, should have covered the post, 
so he's, he's really good. He's really good. But he's one of the most genuine, friendly guys. Great laugh. Uh, got a million stories. Uh, he's one of the, I mean, you've hosted your whole life, Stevie. And when you bring guests on, it's great. But it can be a little stressful if you go, I don't know how this guy's going to react at it. You know, am I going to have to like pull water out of a rock here? Uh, you know, it's like going to be pulling teeth to get, and that happens to everyone. But all this guy, all you got to do is go like this. You hardly get his last name out. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to introduce Darren. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on, brother? You know, he was, he was just great. Uh, anyway, and I loved his take on the sins. He's, he's, he, he's pumped up about them, uh, you know, and uh, so that was good. Yeah, uh, that was good. You, you threw the name, uh, the name for the, uh, the minor hockey, hockey category. Let me try that again. You threw the name for the minor hockey category midget out there. Did you know they banned that now? It's gone. Oh, I hope not. Come on. It's gone. Everyone yeah. loves a little nope. midget humor. Come on. Well, and we were talking about Darren Pang too. At, what is he, 5'4"? He's 5'5". Five, five, and, and you know what? Uh, I didn't bring it up yesterday uh, as I pulled off some of the info about him off, off the deadly accurate Wikipedia. Um, and... They they said he had a, he was so short in net that he had a sixth hole over his head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Russ got the best line off of the show on the suspendables as uh, you guys are you know Russ loves a white claw during the show and uh, Darren had the red wine going and as he cracked it open and he was, he was pouring it he, Russ said something along the lines are you pouring that through your five hole Yeah 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 it was good yeah. anyway it was great. Yeah, he, he was great. Love him, and uh, uh, great that he weighed in on the sense. So all good. Wait, stuff. What do you think of that, by the way? That they've changed all the names around. It's it's just based on age now. U eighteen, U sixteen, and the like. Yeah, I, you know my attention span. Uh, it's funny you bring that up, right? Because the other the, the third show that we do uh, is this uh, is Inside Curling there with Kevin Martin and Warren Hansen and. You know, they're, they're always talking about junior curling and, you know, in sports in general, uh, everyone, everyone agrees that you got to keep young people interested, you know, um, in the game. Hockey doesn't suffer from that, but, but, but curling does, right? That they're, it's, it still has the image of an old man sport. And then Warren will lay, a, lay in a take on U18. Uh, they should maybe move it to U22. And if not that, maybe move it up a couple more years to U24, they should have youth games that started 16. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally lost on all that stuff, you know? So I, I, I don't know. When, when you look at how good the kids are now, Steve, and that they're, they're signing them earlier, uh, they're, taking, they're scouting them earlier, they're playing them earlier, they're dressing them way, way quicker than they used to in the old days. That stuff doesn't mean much to me anymore, you know? Um, when you got... You know, kids playing in the NHL at what, 18, 19, you know, 20, right? That's a, 18, that's yeah. A, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think I need the U18 anymore. It, it doesn't mean anything to me, the age. I never watch it and go, yeah, that guy, I'll tell you what, though, he's only 16. You know, the other guy's 17. You know, well, it's I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking more about the, you know, because this is old timers would look at it and go rolling their eyes, right? That you've abolished a name. Uh, like like a midget scenario and gone with ages across the board. Oh. Ages is always going to be important to classify where kids belong. Um, but the abolition about a year ago of the name midget 
Um, you know, some people raised eyebrows at it. Me personally, I have no issue with it whatsoever. I, I treat it just like all the changes of names, like Washington's NFL team, like Edmonton's CFL team. Um, I totally defer. I just don't care about it enough to dig my heels in like, Oh, I love the name. Well, no, I don't yeah. care. I don't care one way or the other, what you call it. So, so, but well, some hockey fans got... just don't like change. I think is what it comes down to. Well, then when are they going to get rid of peewee? It's gone. And midget. It's gone all, too. Peewee. All of midget. it's gone. Little tykes or whatever they used to call them. All the, all that stuff. Yep. So it's just, okay. You're a 14 year old. Yeah. It's like I said, or... U18, U16, oh. U14, U12, U10 and so on. Okay, so let's jump in. And uh, the thing that grabbed me a little bit, I got to say, was thinking about final cuts, because that's what it's all about today. Teams across the NHL right now getting their final rosters finalized, guys on waivers, uh, final cuts. And, and it's all unique this year in that you have two variables. Like these six-man rosters make things very interesting and in, in how you're going to handle them. But on top of all that, is yeah it always sucks to get cut you've been cut from teams before we've all been cut from teams and it blows everybody hates it but if you're an nhl player with an nhl dream like getting cut and not making either the main roster or the six-man taxi squad that really sucks because normally if you get cut as an nhler you're not really nobody explains where you are in the pecking order where you are in the depth chart how far you are away from getting back to the nhl you just go down to the American Hockey League, you put your head down and work your ass off, and you hope in your mind, it's like, oh, I'm only one injury away from a, co a call-up. Well, this here in 2021 is so transparent in that if you don't make that six-man taxi squad at least, then you know exactly where you are in the pecking order, and that is not very close at all to a call-up, to getting back to the NHL. So that's one part that sucks. Because of COVID, Steve, is that what you're saying? There's no there's no games in the American and juniors? So that's my so. second point, is the American Hockey League and the CHL, the major junior ranks, they will not be starting their season for probably another month now. So you have no place to go to work your ass off and get back to the NHL. You're just going to, unless you find a gig, I guess, in Europe somewhere, where I would imagine with their seasons in full swing, they have pretty limited opportunities for guys to come over from North America airlift them in for what a few weeks until the other seasons start back here um it's just a crappy situation to be cut here in 2021 right. in the nhl well and everyone when you're talking about the dream right so so the dream the dream to play in the nhl it, it trumps every fact about the possibility of you making the nhl okay which is you and i both know and everybody else is i don't know you got like a 4% chance if you're, if you're one of the 7 jillion hockey players. Okay. Who, who are out there trying to make the, trying to make the show. Oh God. It's, it's less than 1%. Less than 1%. So everyone knows that going in. Everyone knows that going in, except when, when you do have that dream and you do get called up or that you are, you know, you do get drafted that. So that just goes out the window, right? It's like, uh, need need we remind you although we're drafting you today come on up here put the jersey on but you got about a two percent shot now okay of, of making making the big leagues it's a tough pill to swallow stevie for sure no one no one likes to be told you're you're not good enough um but it's a, it's a badass world man of professional sports right it's uh, it's 
I, I don't know how they do it. I, I hear a lot of stories when guys get traded or they get cut in the day of social media. Now they're, you know, they're, they get a, they're hard to get a phone call. I don't think anymore. Tons and tons of examples of guys saying, I heard about my demise uh, on Facebook <laughs> or, a, so, or a Twitter post or something. So throw that on the heap of, a, of, of, you know, wrecking you emotionally when, when that happens to you. Yeah. And speaking of wrecking yourself, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Uh, we're going to talk about the Evander Kane story. Evander Kane is filing for bankruptcy. We'll get into details about that after these words. Trucks and minivans cost less to insure than small cars. You get a better deal on home insurance if you have good credit. The biggest insurance brokers are owned by insurance companies. I'm Josh. Make sure you choose a broker who has your best interest in mind. All Insurance Ontario is independent, family-owned, and has your back. Text me at 613-860-6008 to get on our team. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Well, it's 2021, and that means Jim K. Ford is now beginning its 40th year helping people with their automotive needs. I think that kind of longevity says a lot. You don't last in business this long without building trust and connections, treating people right, turning first-timers into repeat customers who are happy to spread the word about the great service they always get at Jim K. Ford. Hey, your next vehicle awaits at JimKFord.com. I think we'd all like to look and feel better in 2021. Well, Popeye Supplements is the home of your New Year's resolution solution. Right now, it's their New Year New You event. Amazing deals like six pounds of PVL whey protein for only $44.99. Popeye's value size of veggie greens and phytoberry are $54.99. Popeye's remains open with strict in-store guidelines, plus curbside and online shopping as well. Check out your nearest location at PopeyesCanada.com. And if you're thinking of buying or selling a home in the Ottawa area, I recommend the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. Glenn helped me sell our home back in the fall. He set aside a budget to help us with painting, cleaning, decluttering, updating our ceiling lights for us. We got multiple offers and the home sold for well over asking price. You should call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. Welcome back to the show. It's the SWP. And by the way, don't forget, we also produce other podcasts as well, like the Sens Nation podcast, The Suspendables with former Montreal Canadian and Toronto Maple Leaf Russ Courtnell, Inside Curling with Kevin Martin, former Olympic gold medal winner. If you'd like to start a podcast, whether it's for fun or to help build your business brand, get in touch with us. SteveWProject.com. It's a tough day for Jay Bowmister. He, um, we knew it was coming. I think if everybody was honest with themselves, uh, Jay Bowmister had that terrible, terrible image, that terrible situation back in February when he had a cardiac episode on the bench in the middle of a game against the Ducks, and so mm-hmm. he collapses on the bench. Uh, they canceled the game, or at least postponed the game, and uh, I don't know if they ever made that up because COVID hit about a month later. Anyway. He was revived by medical personnel do, using the whole defibrillator business and uh, regained consciousness. And uh, three days later, he had to have a uh, one of those implants to make sure his heart's normal rhythm is back in play. And so he's placed in long-term injured reserve shortly thereafter. And he didn't say anything about retirement at that point. And nobody wanted to say much about retirement. But I think, James, we all knew that he's 37, he's won a Stanley Cup. He's actually a triple gold member um, because he won a cup, 
an Olympic gold medal and a world championship. So yeah. what else do you, I mean, if you're, maybe if you're 24 and you haven't made your money and you haven't really gotten that taste of the NHL, the, the way a vet would, this is a veteran who's accomplished everything. And now this seems like the biggest no brainer in NHL retirement history to me. Yeah. Well, I was always, you know, crazy impressed when he had that incident. Okay. Call it a heart attack on the bench where he collapsed that, uh, when he was able to address the press, whenever that was 12 hours later or a day later, that, uh, if it's me, it's like great career. Thanks a lot. Uh, it's been a beautiful ride. I'm out and, and, you know, I love my life up to now, but I just had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a little different, Steve, if you're an accountant, you know, saying, well, I can go back and sit at my desk, but you're a freaking hockey player here. So I, 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 you know, I really looked up and raised an eyebrow and going, this guy is not retiring right now. What, yeah. what does it take? You know, but it gives you an idea of how much they love the game. Right. When he, when he didn't, uh, I read his comments this morning too. They're, they're kind of interesting. It's, it's, he makes some, you know, reference to, it was a great game. It was a dream come true. But then there was also kind of this negative vibe about shit happens in your life and, and you got to give it up. You know, it's, it's, it's going to happen. And, uh, you know, it's come to an end. Uh, so, so it wasn't all uh, roses here. Well, um, you can go, go read his comments. I don't know where it was, where you got it from, uh, from what source. But um, when I was reading, I was like, this guy's kind of pissed, you know, that he has to give it up. It almost sounded like it was a sort of a doctor's order or something. But anyway, yeah, we have this conversation a little bit about Tom Brady, right? You know, there's a guy who's 43. Why, why do you want to continue your career in Tampa Bay? I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, it's not for us to get because we don't have the competitive fire that these guys do. And that's what led them to the top of the mountain in their respective sports. So right. yeah, even though he's 37, he's just one of those guys that, um, you know, ideally he wanted to be dragged kicking and screaming from the game. Or as you always talk about with Russ Cordinal, you know, sometimes you don't, in a lot of cases, you don't retire, you get retired. Right. Fortunately for Jay Bowmister, medically speaking, he was, um, he was retired. He had to get, right. he, and I bet it was his family that it was at the front of the line <laughs> demanding he retire. Yeah. You, you know what else is lo lots of hockey players, inclu including the great one, you know, that, that you and I and everybody on the outside, the fan, uh, for example, just talking about Jay Bowmeister, it looks very clear to us. Okay. You got to retire, dude. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got to hang him up. Uh, you got to get, you know, get on with your life. You're young. Uh, you know, you've, you've come up against it here. You, 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 tempted fate here with with having this heart attack so to you and i it looks easy right but a bunch of guys in the nhl it's like it's easy for you okay but it's very difficult just as we spoke about how tough it is to make it to the to the big leagues it's really difficult for a guy to come to that day right to to feel comfortable with it because they fought so hard you know their whole life uh, to stay in the league to get into the league to get drafted and all that stuff so you know, they, a lot of veteran guys say, you do it. You, you know, it's easy for you to say it, but put yourself in his position. And then you wake up one morning and go, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And even Bo Meester in his comments said, you know, this is the greatest gig ever, ever mm -hmm. is playing pro hockey. So it's like politicians, you know, they always call for their head, you know, and, and, you know, when they're members of parliament or cabinet ministers, you know, there's, there's a bunch of shit going down with cabinet ministers who in Ontario, for example, who traveled, 
And, and now they're in all sorts of trouble because they traveled during COVID. So everyone's calling for them to quit. You know, my dad was a federal member of parliament and he said, man, you know, you you start off in student politics, you become an alderman, you become an assistant to, to an MP and all this stuff. You fight your whole life. And when you finally get there, okay, it's going to be 52,000 people who are going to try and drag me out of this job, you know, and I think the NHL is a, a lot like that, you know, so. Okay, James, San Jose Shark Ford, Evander Kane has filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Kane has a listed debt of $26 million and six active lawsuits filed against him. Boy, the Sharks Come are on. loving hearing that news. And the stat, though, financially, that really grabs you, that you're $26 million in debt. The guy has already made his career earnings in the NHL well over $50 million. So before the age of 30, somehow this guy has blown through almost $80 million to get where he is right now. Unbelievable. How? What What happened? Do we know any more details? Well, we do see him in Vegas quite a bit. That'll do it. Yeah. yeah that, that's what I thought right away. Uh, the, you know, the other one would be, I don't know, you, you, you bought a bunch of real estate or something that went in a tank. Uh, yeah. And plus he's active. Right, he's still he's still playing. Oh yeah, he's still got a long term contract left. Um, he's going to burn through. Boy, I mean, uh, if he owes twenty six million dollars just to get to even, that's about. I, don't know, I would I would guess that's close to half of the salary that he has remaining in his contract. I think he's in a seven year, seven million dollar per season scenario. So, wow. I guess uh, I'm guessing. I mean, under bankruptcy, I guess I don't. I don't know the details of bankruptcy, but I do know that you're not necessarily paying everybody back, right? At a hundred percent, but uh, it's still. It, I mean, God, that is just such a horrible mismanagement. Uh, it is a pseudo cry for help. Um, hopefully, he gets his act together because that is just nasty. Again, to think to be age thirty and you've already blown through eighty million dollars in your hockey life. If you're owed Stevie money from this guy. Okay. At, at what point do you, at what point do you say, well, we're going to start getting paid back when he stops paying back. Okay. Well, he owes us a mill. Uh, we haven't heard from him. someone want to give him a shout. <laughs> say, Where, where's our mill. Okay. That didn't know. Okay. Now we're into him for five mil. Okay. But uh, where, where have we heard from Evander? Okay. He owes us five mil. No, no, don't worry about it. He'll, he'll, at what, you know, now it's eight, now it's 10, now it's 15. At, at, at what point are you looking at this going, I don't think we're ever going to get paid back. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't laugh. The poor guy's probably in a, in a terrible spot. But So his bankruptcy filing, James, also includes a $1.5 million gambling loss last year. And that's, that's, part, that's what's transparent. Who knows where we are beyond that. Uh, seven family dependents. Six oh. active suits. Centennial Bank is seeking over $8 million. Monthly income of $91,000. $1.2 million credit to Sure Sports. And this one I did not know about um, or had forgotten about. A $1.8 million counterclaim against a woman in a 2016 battery suit. So that is just some of the uh, details of the bankruptcy filing that are in there. So it's, uh, uh, it's just brutal. Hard to imagine. You don't hear you don't hear of it very often, right? With with especially with the dough being so big, 
when we had Gordy on, right? And uh, we were talking about some some salary, some some exorbitant salary of you know an eighty or ninety million dollar deal, right? And and Gordy's been around thirty one years, I think now doing the doing the sense right when they came. Gordy was in Florida, right, when, for the announcement. Yeah, right, absolutely. And he was he was covering Ottawa sports long before the sends arrived right. too. And I said, what what was what was cooking back then, Gordy? What were big salaries back then? And he said. I, I, you know, it was the biggest deal was when a guy nailed down his two hundred fifty thousand dollar pension. Yeah, I think it used to kick in at around the four hundred game mark. I remember there were some guys that were around there. I think a guy named I believe it was Doug Shedden. He was I don't know a game or two away or something like that. I think I'm not sure if he got to it or not, but there was all kinds of discussion about come on, that's close enough, help the guy out. Mm-hmm. Right, and and then Gordy said now. Now their per diem is 250 grand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 5K, 10K a month or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but, you know. Well, I they, recall, just to jump in, I recall when they first came out with NHL salary disclosure, there were guys in the league when it first came in in the late 80s, there are guys in the league making 25 grand a year. Unbelievable. Right. Larry Robinson, right? Larry Robinson was working paving highways. That was like 72. This is like late 80s. Right, right. You often hear, I know a financial advisor, a guy here in, uh, in Edmonton. His name's Ian Berrigan. He was, he was Wayne's business advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian, Ian still does it, actually. And he's, he's you know, I don't know, close to 80 years old, but great guy, smart guy. And, you know, he was explaining to me one time what happens is when these guys come into the big dough, mm-hmm. okay, and, and people preach to them now, you'll hear, you'll hear a lot of talk about, you know, get your affairs in order. When you start to make this big money, Get a guy to manage your cash, okay? Get a guy to manage your cash and listen to him. And what happens with a lot of these guys, Steve, is they make the money, all of a sudden they're going, I'm going to buy a bar, okay? I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in a golf course. You know, the Len Berry story was, was a terrible one for a bunch of guys. And, and Ian always said, you know, th- those, guys, those guys started to say they're going to go into business, Okay, the entertainment business or, or real estate or something else that they're taking a flyer on, okay, that they know nothing about. He said, that's the equivalent of me, Jimmy, lacing on a bunch of skates, saying I'm going to go make a bunch of money in the NHL when I don't know how to skate. Right. And, it was, you know, he said that there's, there's some sort of lure to these guys when they make a bunch of money to, to not literally gamble, but, but, but to, you know, not a Vegas gamble, but to, to gamble on a lot of that other stuff, you know. They end up giving, you know, a lot of pressure from other people. You know, when they make that big dough, they get a lot of their circle of friends coming at them to give them money, to invest in money and stuff. Um, well, it's always about chasing the rush, right? If you're a celebrity, no matter what you're into and you're very famous, um, it's about chasing the rush. And if, if that becomes commonplace for you, whether you're an actor who's famous and everybody loves you and, if you're an athlete like Evander Kane and people cheer for you and, uh, and and worship the ground you walk on, you kind of lose a sense of things. And the rush that you have as an NHL star, it's hard to replicate when you're not out there on the ice and you're always chasing that rush. Right. Some people find it in drugs and alcohol. Gambling is a big one. The rush that comes with that. So it, yeah, it, it's, it's tough, I think. And it's hard to imagine me saying, Something like that is tough when you're making the kind of dough. They, they have a wonderful life and everything, but it's one of those walk a mile in their shoes. Right. You get so used to that rush, you must be just bored out of your tree 
when that rush disappears for whatever reason, uh, whether it's temporarily during the off season or after your career's over. Drugs and alcohol, that never takes anyone down. Yeah, you're Come right. <laughs> I, that's what I invested in, Stevie. I was making pretty good dough back in the old radio days, and I thought, I got a good investment. A bunch of Coke and booze every week. That'll, there's a really good return on that investment, Steve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, hopefully the guy can come out on the better side of this. Uh, God, he's got a lot on his plate there, right? You gave six, seven different examples of yeah. people coming at him here with lawsuits and family and gambling debts. Well, and you remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about those YouTube guys, uh, Logan and Jake Paul. These guys are out there boxing. And uh, just out of the blue... Evander Kane wanted to jump into the fray like, hey, Jake Paul, I'll fight oh, yeah. you anytime, anywhere. And now you start to go, oh, okay. At the time, I was like, what does, he want, what does he have to do with Jake Paul? Do they even know each other? Like, what is the tie-in here? You're just randomly reaching out on social media to fight this guy? Oh, now it makes sense. You're looking for yeah. a little payday. Maybe. And mop up what you owe here. Now, on the positive side, Steve, wasn't Evander Kane leading the charge here at, at Black Lives Matter and, and social injustice in the league and racism? Yeah, he was part of the Hockey Diversity Alliance and still right. is, I believe. Right. Good luck to him. I, yep. I hope, he, hope he can come out, like I say, on the other side, on the good side of it. Yeah. It sounds like a full-on 100% addiction. Because I think people think about gambling. It's like, oh, it's just something fun to do. But, you know... If you have that addictive personality, I mean, gambling, a gambling addiction, it is a very real thing. And well, a lot of athletes have gone through it. There was a guy for the Ottawa Rough Riders who was a tremendous collegiate player and uh, briefly played, uh, played for a while in the NFL with the, I think it was the Colts. I think they were in Baltimore then. And he came to Ottawa to try and be a quarterback here and resolve his career. But uh, it all came apart for him because he, he was a gambling addict. Uh, his guy, the guy's name was Art Schleister. And uh, it's an interesting read to hear about his life. And he seems like a quality guy. Everybody liked him. But once the gambling addiction took hold, it absolutely destroyed his athletic and personal life. Yeah, right. And, and what happens to you, you know, with the old addiction thing, is what, what happens is when you, you sort of begin to dabble in, geez, I may have a problem here, right? When you first kind of look at it yourself uh, after probably years and years and years of denial, right? And, and tons of examples where maybe you shouldn't be doing it. So then when you do turn around and face it, you go, okay, I got a problem with this. What, what happens to a lot of people uh, with addiction, whatever it is, pornography, gambling, uh, food, uh, drugs, booze, um, is they, they begin to think, okay, I'll, I'll just will this away. Yeah. Right? I'll just say, okay, don't do that anymore. Okay? You're affecting your life. You're harming people you know, job, family, finances and all that. But, but most people go through that. Oh yeah. Okay. I know. I, you know, this is wrong. I know right from wrong. And I'm just going to stop doing this. Well, you can't, you got to get help, right? You got to get help. It's, it's showing time and time and time again, that not many people can kick stuff on their own. So um, it, it's a, it's a tough road to hoe, but uh, so I wish him all the best. You know, I wish, I wish him all the best and hopefully he can deal with it in a, in a positive way. Yeah. You see some of the photos that he's put out there in the last decade. There was a famous photo that he tweeted out, I think it was, or Instagram, where he's doing the money phone thing. He's got a oh, wad, right. an absolute massive wad of cash, and he's pretending it's his cell phone. He's also taking photos of himself. Really? Um, just wearing his shorts. 
and he puts a pile of cash on his back and he's doing push-ups, right? To show oh, he's, no tra- he's training and working extra hard because he's putting all his money on his back as extra weight. Um, those things don't exactly endear you to people, um, but uh, clearly he's got some issues going on and he hopefully he, uh, he mops it up. Anyway, uh, closing it out today, I don't know if you've seen any of the photos of how majestic this could be, but uh, there's going to be a Lake Tahoe event, a new twist on the NHL outdoor game. You'll have the Avalanche versus the Golden Knights and the Bruins versus the Flyers. And uh, the one thing about having no fans able to go to the game, it really sets up the sky's the limit for playing an outdoor game. You don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about all the amenities, bathrooms and the like, the stands, how the sight lines will be, yada, yada. You just play the game and you worry about, you know, a few cameras around and, and just put some boards up. And uh, it, it looks absolutely fantastic. The, the league had announced a new event, the NHL Outdoors at Lake Tahoe. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the, the photos, but it sure looks like it's going to be spectacular. Well, I do I do know what that is like, Steve. Uh, when, you know, you, I live out west, right? I live three hours from the mountains in right. Jasper and Banff. So I got a very good idea what they're trying to do. And And that's what I used to think. When they, when they first started the outdoor game, the, the Heritage Classic was the first one here in Edmonton, and they played it at Commonwealth Stadium. It was kind of cool, and then everyone jumped on board, uh, right? They did, I, I, think, I think Michigan Michigan did the biggest college hockey game outdoors, like 70 or 80,000 people or something like that. Oh, the big house is about 100,000, I think. Yeah, crazy. Uh, and I thought, well, if you're going to do outdoor games, make them in nicer places, you know? So... Um, it's cool. It's cool that they're going to do this because it it is, it is beautiful. There's, there's, there's lakes, uh, you know, around Banff and and Jasper and Camrose or Canmore uh, that, that they could do this. But can you imagine the logistics, Steve, of trying to put an outdoor game together? Uh, And it's crazy. It's crazy. I was always impressed that they were able to pull it off, but that's a fantastic idea. That'll be the coolest thing ever to have an outdoor game in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, it looks beautiful. And I, my first thought when they were doing it was they're they going to actually have it like true pond hockey. They're going to be out on, on the lake, but they're just on the side of the lake. Uh, it'll be on the 18th fairway of the golf course at Edgewood Tahoe Resort near the California-Nevada border. And uh, so that'll be, that'll be pretty cool. It will give you that pond hockey feel. And uh, like I say, since you don't have to worry about fans at all, it, uh, it opens it up to a world of possibilities. And I immediately thought, hey, the canal would be amazing. And why not, why not have install a rink right on the Rideau canal. Right. And uh, you know, you don't need to put any grandstands because each side of the canal, you could just put the cameras right. on each side of the canal and zoom in on the action. It would be fantastic. I think. That'd be the best idea ever. Right. That'd be the coolest idea ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or have it at, what's the lake called at the end of the canal up on Preston there. It goes into that lake. What do they call it? Dow's Lake. Dow's like, yeah, or, or, or put it there, you know. They've had practices there, I think. I think the Sens have, on occasion, gone down there and did an outdoor practice. Yeah, they sure have. Yeah, that's a good idea, too. All right, we've uh, we've uh, solved this whole situation. We've uh, come up with the greatest idea ever, and so I feel like we can't go any further. We've peaked. We should shut her down right there. Any final thoughts today? I do, Stevie. You know what we're going to do? We're going to do an outdoor podcast Okay, we'll wait till it drops. You're going to come out here. We'll wait till it drops to about 30 below here in northern Alberta. And we're going to do some, uh, imagine the audience, Steve, turning, mm. tuning in, you know, coming in droves to see the uh, an outdoor SWP. Yeah. 
know, I think I think uh, uh, there's a lot of issues there, and I'll uh, tackle them one by one. I don't want to do it. Uh, it. It's going to cost money. It's going to be super cold. Ninety uh, percent of our audience is in the city of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, we're doing oh. so well with good ideas, and then you blew it. No, the reason it's a good idea because it will cost money, right? That, that you and I couldn't afford. We'll get a Vander Kane here to back us up on it. Nice, no. nice. I'll give him a call on my money phone right now. <laughs> good night, everybody. We'll see you.